one of the most important things you're going to learn in your relationship with Jesus Christ. And this is a great learning. And that is, we never want to look outward. We always want to look where? Inward. So what does that mean? I always want to be looking inward. I don't want to look outward. My perceptions of what I see need to be inward and not outward. So let's go, let's start with a scripture in uh, Romans chapter 2. I'm throwing a lot at you guys tonight. Because if I am a son of God, who judges me? Who's my judge? The word of God is. God is my judge, and he does it through the truth of his word. So Jesus said many times, I don't even judge myself. I have one that judges me, and it's the spirit of truth that judges me. And I know that that judgment is true. And so was Jesus looking inwardly, or was he looking outwardly? He was looking inwardly. He was looking at himself. And so likewise then, we have a way in order to begin to order our lives and set our perceptions and order the consciousness of thought based upon the judgment of the Word of God, but that judgment never looks outside of ourselves. It always looks inwardly at Jesus Christ. Isn't that awesome to know? Because if I'm keeping my eyes on Jesus, then my judgment's going to be what? Always. It's going to always be righteous. It's going to always be true. So let me read this. Therefore, you have no excuse, O man, every one of you who judge. For in passing judgment on one another, now in order to judge one another, where do you have to look? You have to look outward. You have to look outward in order to judge one another. For in passing judgment on another, you condemn yourself because you, the judge, practice the very same thing. So I've, I brought this scripture. This scripture was given to me years and years and years ago when we first came into Living Fellowship. And I'll never forget it because I was laying in bed one night and this, this scripture was presented to me. And I'm like, I turned to it. I got up and I looked it up immediately and I sat there and I looked at it and I, my mind kind of went like space balls, you know. It was like the aurora was, was expanding my thought realm. And I'm like, oh my gosh, what's going on here? And as I began to meditate on what I heard in the, in the Word of God, I was like, oh my gosh. I, be, I understand something here. Because how many of us have discovered in ourselves how easy it is to judge someone else? And you know, the only way, and this is what the scripture just said to you, the only way you're able to judge someone else in it is that you are already yourself participating in the same action or the same thought. And when the Lord showed me that, I was blown away. I was like, oh my gosh, so everything I'm judging somebody else in, the thing I'm judging judging them in the only way I can judge it is because it's already working in me so who am I really judging when I say it I'm I'm judging myself 
And I tell you, when I judge outwardly to some, against someone else, and then I see that I'm really judging myself, I can already tell you the thought that I had in judging that person was not good. It was unrighteous. It was unholy. Because who was I not looking at? I was not looking at Jesus. Let me go on. You know that the judgment of God rightly falls on those who practice such things. Do you suppose, O man, you who judge those who practice such things and yet do them yourself, that you shall escape the judgment of God? Bang. When I read that, I was like, huh, O fool that I am. Sure, it's Jesus gave the parable of the, the log in your, how do you judge the log in your brother's eye, or the, the moat in your brother's eye when you have a log in your own eye? That's the same, that's basically what is being said here by Paul in the book of Romans. It's true. Because we don't know how to judge righteously. We judge after our own perception of what we think sin is, not knowing what sin is within. So when we looked at, at in the book of Ezekiel, when we were looking at uh, the trading that King Tyree was doing, let's just call it Lucifer. It's so much easier to say. When we look at the trading that Lucifer was doing with God, was Lucifer looking inwardly? Or was he looking at his own desire and what he could attain through the knowledge that God himself had given to Lucifer? No, he was not. In fact, he was, he was desiring something that wasn't given to him, right? Let's take it to the Garden of Eden for just a moment. So now we see that Adam and Eve, or looks, I said that wrong. Now we see Adam in the Garden of Eden, correct? And God tells Adam, Adam, you can eat of every tree in the garden. I mean, Adam, you can eat of every tree. And you know, how much, you know how much wisdom and understanding were in the trees in the garden? It was eternal life. There was more wisdom and more understanding in the trees of the garden that God had given to Adam that Adam could partake in. And as he would partake of them, he would gain everything that God had given to him in covenant relationship. God said, Adam, subdue, have dominion over, and multiply. And I'm going to give you all this stuff to make it happen so that you can have dominion over the earth, dominion over the birds, dominion over the beasts of the field. You can have dominion over it all. You're the man. And I'm going to give you the wisdom and the understanding to do it. You partake of the trees of the garden. And you will possess it. But this one tree right here, this one tree, Adam, the day that you eat of that one tree, how many trees could he eat of? Every tree in the garden, except for how many? One. One tree. The day that you eat of that one tree, Adam, you shall surely die. Who's in the tree? Satan. That old serpent is in the tree. Did God know that he was in the tree? God knew because God put him there. And he told Adam, don't eat of it. Don't eat of it. So then along comes Adam and all of a sudden he sees in the tree the desire to do what? 
make one wise. Make one to be like God. What did Lucifer get cast out of heaven for? For I can, uh, I can, I will, I will, I will. The five I wills that were in Lucifer are in the tree. Adam sees the fruit on the tree. And he said, that looks pretty darn good. Now, at this point in time, where's Eve? She's, she's in Adam. She has not been separated from Adam. She's in Adam. Adam knows that Eve is his desire. She's the female of God. We'll talk about that a lot as time goes by. She was the female of God. Did God not make man in his own image? Did he not make them male and female? That's what it says. And so he sees his desire take of the fruit and eat it. Now, let me tell you something here. Could he have stopped her? Could he? Was she his wife? Could he have not directed her thought? If he would have eaten the trees of wisdom and understanding and not approached the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, where would have his desire been? It would have been towards the Lord. It would have been in God and not in the desire of the tree. So the Bible says that Eve was deceived, and that is true. But whose, whose deception was it, Eve's or Adam's? It was Adam's transgression. Now, we're saying a lot especially for some that don't have, that are listening tonight that don't have all the background that some of you have. So, she took of that fruit and ate of it, and then she offered it to who? Her husband. And he ate of it, thinking he could save her. Too late. Too late. So then God had to take Eve out of Adam to show Adam, to teach Adam because the Bible says that, how did Eve, how was Eve formed? From Adam. She was formed from his rib. He took God took Eve out of Adam. And when God took Eve out of Adam, when Adam woke up, because God put Adam in a deep sleep, right? So then, when God brought the woman before Adam, and Adam could see her. He can now perceive who she is, right? What he said of her was, oh, I, I, see, I see woman. I see woman. And she's bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. Did he know where she came from? He did. He knew. God told him. God told him. Wow. So here's the thing. This is why these things become so important to all of us. Is that your desire can cause you to do what? What can your desire cause you to do? Your desire can cause you to sin. 
Your desire can cause you to go out from God. And when you go out from God, there are manifestations that begin to take place that you didn't know existed. Wow. So let me, okay, did I read everything there? And Okay, I'm going to go read verse 3 of Romans 2 again. Do you suppose, O man, you who judge those practice those who practice such things and yet do them yourself, that you will escape the judgment of God? Or do you presume on the riches of his kindness and the forbearance and patience, not knowing that the kindness is meant to lead you to repentance? Isn't that awesome? So, even though I have sinned, do I not know that through the kindness and mercy and grace of God, what's going, what is God going to do? He's going to lead me to repentance. Why would he do that, John? Because he loves us. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. That's pretty awesome. Okay. Come with me to the book of Revelation again. And we're going to go to the last chapter of the book, the last chapter in the known Bible. How about that? We'll go to the, the end of the Bible, the end of the story of God, John. Okay, I am going to start reading in verse 13. I am Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. So Jesus is talking to John, right? Blessed are those who wash their robes so that they may have the right to the tree of life and that they may enter the city of the gates. Now, what did he just mention? The tree of life. So what tree did Adam partake of in the garden? He partook of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. What made it the knowledge of good and evil? Satan, and what else? Well, what about Adam? What, what in Adam made it a knowledge of good and evil? Yeah, he went outside of God, right, and saw in the tree the desire to make one wise. He went outside of God. Do you know that in the, the war in heaven, just as we see it in the earth today, in the in the gospel of Jesus Christ in the Old Testament when the children of Israel were getting ready to leave Egypt and all these uh, uh, curses came upon Egypt right and it was the word of the Lord that, that caused them to come but the last one was what the death angel and God instructed the children of Israel go kill the lamb take the blood of the lamb Put it on the doorpost of your house, and when the death angel comes, he will pass by, and your firstborn child will be saved. Isn't that awesome? Is that the preaching of the gospel to the children of Israel? And the answer is yes. God was preaching the gospel to them. And so they did it, right? What happened to the firstborn of every Egyptian house? 
they died. Even Pharaoh's own son passed away. So if a child of Israel would have passed through that, the, that door that had the blood of the lamb on it and went outside, what would have happened to him? He would have died because he went out. God gave them his word. And he said, you put the blood of the lamb on the doorposts of your heart, of your house. And you stay in the house. And you will be saved. This is awesome. He preached the same thing to Adam because it was done first where? In heaven. So now he has set the stage for Adam to find repentance, come to the perfection of himself in Jesus Christ, and know that God is God. This is powerful stuff. The gospel has always been preached. So now, let me keep reading. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. Blessed are those who wash their robes so that they may have the right to the tree of life and they may enter the city by the gates. Now listen. Outside are dogs, sorcerers, sexual Im- the sexually immoral, murderers, idolaters, and everyone who loves and practices falsehood. So if I let my thoughts go outward, what have I just subjected my thought to? Evil. Every evil work I have subjected my thought to, and I chose it. I chose to go out. God set me in a place inwardly. I chose to go out. I subjected myself to every evil work that the world has to offer. And when I say the world, I'm not looking outwardly at this physical world. I'm looking at the world that has been set in the heart that forms every thought within each and every one of us. Our consciousness, through our perceptions, form our thoughts that are evil. When we try to live in our thoughts, in our consciousness, without Jesus Christ. And you know what we'll do? We'll even have the Word of God. We take the Word of God outwardly. What happens to it? We get it, it becomes defiled. And if the word that we receive from God, we take it outwardly and it gets defiled, what's, how's it going to help us? It's not. We just killed the truth. We just crucified the Lord. That's an amazing thing. And you know what? All these things, everything I'm saying to you tonight, has it been taught to you before? The answer is yes. But you know what happens in us? Is that we get so overcome with what we think life is in this, in this world, in this physical world, that what do we forget about? We forget the Word of God and the salvation that we have been given in Jesus Christ. We forget it. Now listen, verse 16. I, Jesus have sent my angel to testify to you about these things for the churches. I am the root and the descendant of David, the bright and morning star. 
and the spirit and the bride say, come and let and let the one who hears say, come and let the one who is thirsty come and let the one who desires to take the water of life without price. Amen. Now we have we're beginning to see a desire that is set in right order because he hears the word of God. Can you desire God and be good? I would hope so. So do we see evil desire and good desire within that heart, within the world that God has set within? And the answer is yes. But without Jesus, without the Holy Ghost, you cannot discern the difference between the good and the evil. We're not capable of it. The natural mind is not capable of discerning between good and evil. In fact, the Bible says that we will call evil good and good evil. And it happens all the time when we go outside of the door whom is Jesus Christ. It happens all the time to us. And we get lost. I'm going to go to Second Peter. Okay. So we just talked about going outside, right? Now, and outside we find falsehoods. Lots of them. First John chapter 4 talks about many antichrists, right? Maybe we'll finish that scripture tonight. In Second Peter chapter 2, I'm going to start with verse 1. But false prophets, okay, so now we're outside. Falsehoods are working. And listen to this. But false prophets also arose among the people, just as there will be false teachers among you, who will secretly bring in destructive heresies, even denying the master who bought them, bring upon, bringing upon themselves swift destruction. So now, I go outside where there's many falsehoods. Now I can't discern, I can't discern the prophecy of Jesus Christ. Why can't I? Because there's too many false prophets speaking the word of God that don't know the way of truth. There's false teachers speaking heresies against the word of God. Wow. Wow. There's Antichrist working. False apostles. Everything that can turn you from the truth is out in the world ready to deceive you. Let me go on. And many will follow their sensuality, and because of them, the way of truth will be blasphemed. Did you hear that? What's going to happen to the way of truth? It's going to be blasphemed. What does it mean to blaspheme? Speak against the Holy Ghost. And there's only one sin that's unforgivable. Do you know what that is? It's the blasphemy of the Holy Ghost. I'm speaking to you a truth, and I know this sounds kind of like heavy stuff. But don't we all believe in Jesus Christ here tonight? What I'm saying to you is, you keep believing and you hold fast to the Word of God that has been given to you. And don't go outside the gate. Do not think that you can 
figure it all out on your own. Why do you think Jesus raised up 12 disciples? Yeah, Jesus knew that, how many tribes were there in Israel? So Jesus knew if he raised, well, he already knew. He didn't have to figure it out. He raised up 12 disciples. One of them was what? One of them was a devil, Judas Iscariot. Did Jesus know that? Was it true in the book of Job when God called the sons of God together? Who showed up? Satan showed up. Satan has always been there and Satan will always be there. This is why Jesus Christ becomes important to us all. Because only through Jesus Christ can he be put under your feet and be conquered, just as we read it in the book of Revelation. Because in Jesus is Michael the archangel. And when Michael stands up, hold on to your hat, man. And every one of us, this is the part that needs to be understood tonight. There is not one who hears my voice tonight that will not have to deal with the devil. Every one of us. Every one of us. I don't care if you're an apostle, a deacon. I don't care what you think you are in your mind. Even if you've been ordained as a deacon or ordained as an apostle. I will tell you this. Every elder that serves you in living fellowship has had to deal with the exact same things that I'm preaching to you tonight. We are not exempt. We are just men. Men like you are. But when the Lord, word of the Lord came to us, we did something with it. And that is we believed. We believed that Jesus is the Christ. That He is the Son of the living God. And that belief brings the power from heaven to overcome all things. And God has given the same power unto you. Let me keep reading. And many will follow their sensuality, and and because of them the way of truth will be blasphemed. And And in their greed they will exploit you with false words. Their condemnation from long ago is not idle, and their destruction is not asleep. You know, it's amazing when we listen, we... We have the opportunity to today, through technology, to listen to a lot of word, don't we? Man, you can turn the boob tube on and or and turn it click into YouTube or whatever whatever your partiality is, and you can dial in just about any kind of message that you want to dial into when it comes to the preaching of the Word of God. I will caution you. I will caution you. Just as we have talked about falsehoods tonight, I will caution you. There must come, there will come a time in you when you will have the ability to discern the word of God that you are hearing. There will come a time when you will know the truth and the truth will make you free. And in that time that comes to you when you will know the truth and the truth will make you free, that you will be able to discern the word of, that is being spoken to you by the Holy Ghost. And you will know whether it's a false prophet or if it's the word sent from heaven. 
you will know. Because the anointed word that you hear will also be where? In you. And it will build in you a togetherness or a likeness and set you in the body of Christ. That's awesome. I'm, I'm going to read some more of this. For if God did not spare angels when they sinned, but cast them into hell. Now, wait a minute. Where did it talk about angels that sinned? Did, did Lucifer in the 12th chapter of the book of Revelation that we talked about tonight, did, did the tail of the dragon sweep a third of the angels into the earth? Cast them into the earth? Well, yeah, but they were innocent bystanders. No. No. They were willing to be swept. Their mind had been changed by a, by a falsehood, and that devil got a hold of their desire, and they got cast out. God does not cast out the ignorant. Hear me. He, he'll wink at it once, right? According to the Scripture. But once he's winked at it, and you now know, and you willfully partake of sin we got now we got some work cut out for us now we got some things to do but what did we read in Romans the second chapter about the goodness of God it's the goodness of God to lead all men to repentance I will tell you this though the scripture also says that not all men have what Not all men have faith. And without faith, the Bible says, it is impossible to please God. So all this being said tonight, God is a wonder. The story of God is a mystery. And who can unfold the mystery in the mind to each and every one of us? God can. Who's the interpreter of the Word of God? The Bible says that God is the interpreter. Who is faithful above all men? to do what he says he will do. It is God. So listen. God hath raised up not false teachers for you. He has raised up righteous teachers for you. Men that are not sensuous in their ways. Men who love God. Men who desire the righteousness of God. God hath raised them up to help you, to instruct you in the ways of Jesus Christ so that we will know that what God has said to the churches is the truth. It's the truth. And if the truth is being taught, if the truth is being proclaimed, then your freedom is at hand. I believe that I am the Lord's free man. And I believe it tonight. And I believe you will be also. Okay.